1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H A W G Sports.com. It's time to take a deep dive into Saturday's matchup between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Curtis Wilkerson from HogSports.com is going to join us, talk a little bit about the Ole Miss offense. We're also going to lean on David Johnson from Ole Miss Spirit, the co-publisher there, to give a little more insight on the Rebels from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks. This is your Arkansas versus Ole Miss Primer. And before we get started, y'all aren't going to believe how many ways there are to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live, of course, except for on Monday when the site was down. But usually you can tune in on Facebook Live, also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up or a like on both of those channels. Be sure to follow the Facebook page and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. And also hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts, whether you're listening on Facebook Live or YouTube or or Apple Podcasts. Take a minute to go over to our Apple Podcast page. Uh, Make sure you subscribe there and uh, give us that five-star review that you know you've been waiting to do you wanted to do it you just haven't had an opportunity so now's a perfect time to go give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. say something nice about the show to let other people know what to expect also available on spotify stitcher anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast hog sports is just one dollar right now for your first month hawgsports.com sign up for our free breaking news text alerts and our newsletter where we deliver free razorback content to your email inbox each morning And, of course, any breaking news stuff. All right. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Number 13 Arkansas versus number 17 Ole Miss in Oxford. This game is at 11 a.m. on ESPN. It is the second of three straight 11 o'clock games. It is on ESPN. I mean, it's not like it's SEC Network alternate channel, right? It's on ESPN. Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, 64,038 capacity. I don't guess I've been to Vaught-Hemingway since. I had not been in a little bit to Vaught-Hemingway, so – Going to be an, uh, an interesting trip. I don't think the uh, I don't think the stadium was renovated since the last time it was. Forecast calls for 78 degrees, no chance of rain. Ole Miss is a current six point favorite. You've seen it also at six six and a half points, uh, and the over under is at 66 and a half. So obviously both of those teams, Arkansas and Ole Miss, coming off coming off losses against the two best teams in the SEC, and and maybe at least what the rankings say, the two best teams in the country right now. Just a couple of uh, housekeeping things as we like to do. Uh, Sam Pittman discussed the new scholarship rules. So for those of you who aren't familiar, you can sign 25 players in a year, period, whether it's giving a new walk on a scholarship that hasn't been on campus at least a year or bringing high school players or transfers or any of that stuff. It's 25. That's the limit. But now, depending on how many players you have lead the program, you can have up to seven additional players out of – the junior, excuse me, out of the transfer portal. So you can sign 25 out of high school. And if you have seven players leave, you can sign seven more. Now, what's interesting about this is you have, just to sign 25 a year, if you want to sign 25 new players a year, you have to, on average, have about seven players leave your program each year. So say you redshirt half the class and then five years later, you're going to have way more than 85, which is the maximum you can have. So you've got to have seven players leave your program anyway each year just to sign 25 high school kids. And now you can also sign seven more if you have those seven players leave. I mean, so it's an interesting balancing act. There's so much that's changed with the rules in college football recently, especially when we're talking about scholarships and NIL and transfer portal and immediate eligibility, all of that kind of stuff. We're not getting to Danny West today, but we had Danny on Monday uh, since then he's written an article including a breakdown of 17 new Razorback scholarship offers it's a really great story you're going to need a VIP membership it's just one dollar again uh, for your first month but you need a VIP membership to read all of Danny's recruiting stuff but it's a it's a nice breakdown on some not just like 2022 but 2023 and also that's something to look at too because up until now Arkansas's you know kind of been full in terms of scholarships but now we're we're looking at it and going oh well I mean, Maybe they got a shot to uh, to add some more guys, go back on some guys. So some things could start, you know, ticking up a little bit in terms of recruiting. So this feels to me like a pretty even matchup between what I would call two very different programs. Obviously Arkansas leans a little bit more on the defense. Ole Miss likes to go up-tempo fast on offense. To me – the first edge you have to give Ole Miss is Matt Corral. I think a lot of Arkansas fans look at it and say, hey, he threw six interceptions against Arkansas last year. Well, he hasn't thrown a single interception this year. Maybe he's due. I don't know. But i got to think that's going to be momentum, uh, motivation for him. I look at a guy that gets the ball out extremely fast, has a live, a live arm, um, is scary with his legs too. He averages like 40-something, or at least going into the – I haven't even looked at his numbers since the Alabama game. But before that, he was averaging like 40-something yards per carry. Or, excuse me, yards per game on the ground, not per carry. But uh, he is elusive and can run and has a really live arm. What's impressive to me is just how fast he gets the ball out. Just super quick getting the ball out. Now he's got, he's going to have not have Mingo, one of his top receivers, um, his left guard possibly out with an ankle injury. There is reports of Jerry on Ely also uh, out in, with concussion protocol, who's uh, the top running back or one of the top two running backs, probably the top one. Uh, so maybe some injury issues for Ole Miss here and there. Arkansas feels uh, at least pretty much overall healthy. Um, so maybe a, maybe a little bit of an edge over there for Arkansas. Uh, I think a big point of this one is also you know penalty flags. Arkansas twice this year has committed 13 penalties or at least accepted 13 penalties. There were a lot more flags thrown against Georgia than 13. Uh, Arkansas did not handle that environment very well. They have to get this cleaned up because this is the kind of game where it's so close that penalties and special teams could play a role. And Ole Miss is better suited on offense to overcome. Oh, Miss commits a lot of penalties too, but they're better suited on offense to overcome these penalties. Arkansas special teams have, have been an issue time after time. Now, uh, maybe one game, I think, uh, what, Texas? They got lucky, though. I mean, it could have been – there could have been a disaster in that game, uh, but they got kind of lucky. They had one, you know, bouncing off the upright. Greg Brooks' his fumble, you know, the guy was had barely stepping out of bounds. I mean, so there are there's some possible issues in that one. So they've got to get special teams cleaned up, and they and they can't have 13 penalties. You know, against Texas they had four penalties, and play obviously it was a lot cleaner game. Arkansas playing on the road for the third straight week now. Technically one was a neutral site game, but still three times away from home three weeks in a row. And I, I think that probably plays into Ole Miss's favor also. Score prediction, I don't know. It's so close, I usually go with the home team. I'm not convinced that Arkansas is not going to win the game, but – maybe 35-31 on mess. I'm not conv- I'm not I'm not settled on that score yet, but you know, I pull back and forth on things and I like a lot of things that Arkansas has going on personnel-wise and and matchup-wise. I just don't like the penalties and I don't like the special teams and the road trip and a quarterback who's looking to prove himself and has the ability to do that after how things went last season. Now, I think that fourth downs are going to play a big role because Lane Kiffin is going to go for it on fourth down in certain situations. I think he set the tone for his team in a bad way against Alabama. And I think he cost Arkansas a game in a large way by making those calls last year in Fayetteville. If you look at how last year went for Ole Miss, their drives had 16 drives. The first drive after Arkansas punted, their first drive was a fumble on fourth and goal at the two-yard line. So they didn't get it first of all, but there was also a fumble. Second was a punt, then they threw an interception. Corral did obviously, and then Corral threw a pick six, and then they had a turnover on downs when they went for it on fourth down again and didn't get it. And then they had a punt, another punt, then they ran one play and it was the end of the half. They had a turnover on downs after that. Then they scored a touchdown. Didn't score their first. <laughs> didn't score until very you know third second half third quarter. Uh, then they had an interception, then another interception, then a touchdown then another touchdown, then a pick six, and an interception. Is that right? Is that possible? Did I name them off six interceptions? It felt like I named off 12 interceptions. That's what it felt like. Arkansas just kept kept picking them off. But the times that it wasn't interceptions, you know, there's a few punts in there and a couple of few touchdowns in there. But other than that, most of the drives ended out of 16 with an interception or turnover on downs. Time and time again, and it costs them. Also, and I know the analytics tell them to do that, but I, I personally think, yeah, you you look at analytics and stuff. Uh, Ole Miss also went for it on their own fourth and I, on their own like twenty inside their own thirty yard line, and I get it. You know, it's Alabama; you got to have some things like that to swing the percentages in your favor. But to me, that first drive that they had against Alabama, where they go for it down and you know at the goal line and don't get it, you know, like when I'm looking at the matchup, you know, can we move these guys up front first of all? Because Alabama did it too. You know, Alabama went for it and and got it because they've got the hosses to move you. Uh, But, man, I I would look at a little bit of feel there also, which I think Sam Pittman does a little bit more. But to me, and and Arkansas has done this too. They've gone for it, and, you know, it's created a bit of a momentum swing. It happened against Texas A&M. It happened against Texas A&M. Texas A&M ended up going down the field and scoring for their first points of the game right before half. But to me, I feel like you you had an opportunity to just put points on the board, not really change anything, but get points. It's a positive thing for you. And instead, you go for it, you don't get it, and it creates this huge momentum swing on the road. You, like, almost decide what the game is going to turn out like by doing that right there. And then Alabama, of course, marches down and scores on their first possession. Ole Miss has improved overall, just looking at their defense. They're improved a good deal, actually, from last season. When you look at them, uh, last year they were uh, 519 yards per game allowed on defense, which is worse in the SEC, and also 38.3 points allowed, which is also worse. This season they're 12th in the SEC, but it's 371.3 yards per game allowed, okay? And they're 12th with 26 points per game surrendered. They're Actually, the points per game surrendered are, right now are, are pretty low compared to last year. But teams are, like, running the ball a lot better at the same time. But we haven't played enough SEC games to really kind of compare this year to last year too much. But they do seem like, at least, that they're playing a little bit better there on defense. Um, Arkansas needs to have sustained drives on offense to keep the defense off the field, keep Ole Miss' offense off the field. Uh, So more sustained drives, but they can't, like, just milk it. And that's something that Sam Pittman brought up on Wednesday. You can't just, like, take the clock down to 40. So that's not Arkansas's offense. Arkansas wants to go fast also. But Arkansas just needs to have success, sustained drives, get first downs. Score when there are opportunities, but that's not the end of the world. If your defense is playing well, just continue to move the chains, play the field position battle, those kind of things. Play good defense. Another key element, I think, is toning down this crowd. It's an 11 a.m. crowd. That didn't matter last week in uh, Sanford Stadium at all. I mean, they were rowdy from the start. And Arkansas gave them plenty of reason to be rowdy because they jumped offside right in front of the student section on the first two plays on offense. Of course they're going to go crazy. And it's sustained the whole time because they knew that they had gotten in Arkansas's head. So Arkansas needs to come out fast. And as Pittman says, yeah, we want to start fast every game. But I think it's particularly important in this one. When you look at the battle in the trenches, Arkansas 6'6", 3'17". Uh, Sam Williams is probably their best defensive lineman. He has a sack in every game. Tied – or leads the SEC with 1.25 – sacks. remember, they've already had a bye week. So, leads the SEC with 1.25 sacks per game. Super senior. He's got to keep an eye on absolutely. Now, for Arkansas, there could be a little bit of a mix-up here and there. I don't think that they're going to start Jalen St. John, and definitely not Takias Crawford, just based on what we've seen in practice so far. But those guys are starting to get looks, and I think we'll see them at some point in the game. Uh, but I think you'll probably see Arkansas's regular starting offensive line. For those who don't know, Jalen St. John is massive. Takias Crawford's massive. They're both second-year players who they're going to start looking at maybe incorporating them in. They did the same with Dan Skipper and Denver Kirkland back in uh, Sam Pittman's is that his first year at Arkansas? Yeah, that was his first year at Arkansas. I believe it was the Rutgers game when they started doing that. Somebody may, somebody may correct me on that. When you look at the pass game, Arkansas's pass game versus uh, Ole Miss pass defense, obviously KJ didn't play very well last weekend, 8-13 for 65 yards, ran eight times for five yards. So, you know, while he hasn't been, like, deftly accurate this year, he's 59.3%. He's still done a great job for the most part connecting on the deep ball. He's averaging, which is an SEC leading, 10 yards per passing attempt. That leads the SEC. So compare that to Matt Corral. Matt Corral is second at 9.7. But he also averages 10 percentage points higher per completion than KJ. So KJ is completing at a less high rate, but when he does complete it, it's going for a lot longer. So I think that's notable. Obviously got to get that back on track. Got to get Traylon Burks back on track in this one. What did he have? Five, like three catches. Five. He only had like ten yards last week. So, got to get him back on on track. As I mentioned, Ole Miss gives up 216.8 passing yards per game, which ranks tenth in the, tenth in the conference. Uh, Traylon has 22 catches for 383 yards and a pair of touchdowns this season, but just three gra- grabs for 10 yards last uh, last weekend. So, get him going again. And it would be nice to find a reliable option after him, like you know Tyson Morris. I think Tyson just has like three catches the last two games or so. It's not like he's, but he's been their second guy. But like Warren Thompson, let's see get him going. Devion Warren, Blake Kern get back on track. You know maybe Hudson Henry starts getting healthy again. We can see him some more maybe. When you look at the uh, the run defense versus uh, Arkansas's running game, Arkansas is fifth in the SEC with two twenty three point eight. Obviously Georgia held them to seventy five yards. They're not going to run into a lot of defenses like that. I think there are a handful of defenses like that to me that can hold Arkansas down in the rushing department like that across the country. Jefferson's also a big part of the running game, actually second leading rusher on the team with 40 carries for 235 yards with a pair of touchdowns. Traylon Smith's leading the way with 62 carries for 302 yards and three touchdowns, 4.9 yards per carry. Seems like they didn't feel like he was the best option against Georgia. He only had three carries for four yards in that one. Um, You know, I looked at, you know, Rocket Sanders is intriguing. He he actually played pretty well, 43 total yards, had a 22-yard catch uh, against Georgia. A.J. Green can obviously pull away from anybody at any time. But Dominic Johnson, to me, I still think that he had two carries for six yards against Georgia, okay? And this is a guy at 6'1", 235, who leads the team in yards per carry, 6.8 yards per carry, and has the the longest run from scrimmage at 48 yards. It got, and that was actually his last carry in that game, and there was plenty of time left. To me, he's earned more. I think he has earned more opportunities than what he's getting. That's my opinion. I mean, he he, he runs well every time he's out there. He certainly earned more than two carries. Ole Miss gives up an average of 150, 154.5 rushing yards per game on the ground, which ranks 12th in the SEC. So a little bit of a snapshot there on the Ole Miss Rebels. But I want to go to David Johnson now. For those of you who don't follow David, you can follow him at Rebels247. He's the co-publisher at Ole Miss Spirit, which has been in existence for a really long time and uh, has been with the 24-7 Sports Network for, I guess, four or five years now. Uh, Where is he? Where are you, David? There you go. We've had David on the show. I know we had him on last year.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. David, my friend, how are you doing? I'm good, good. Well, it's good to have you on. And uh, it's been, I guess, probably a year since we spoke to you last time and uh, obviously provided a lot of insight. That game obviously didn't go old Miss's way. Just jumping in right now, what do you think about this matchup this year? It looks like, to me, at least I've said, two fairly evenly matched teams, in my opinion, uh, that do things a little bit differently. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, this
3: this has all the makings of a classic Ole Miss-Arkansas matchup. We've seen several of those over the, over the recent years. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Both teams are kind of on the same trajectory, hot starts, Everybody believing in them. And then uh, they got caught up against uh, the two best teams in the country, in my opinion, last weekend. So, uh, you know, a lot of this uh, is going to be who bounces back from last weekend, the best. And, uh,
1: you know, as I'm sure we'll get into, Ole Miss battling a ton of injuries, mm. particularly on the
3: offensive side of the football.
1: Yeah, uh, and just a, a couple of things here recently. Just uh, for those who don't, haven't read your um – you know your updates yet? Um, what uh, what are the latest with the injuries? I know you'd mentioned just a couple in the last two days that have popped up. Yeah,
3: Jonathan Mingo, who is effectively the number two receiver in this offense, uh, did not play against Alabama. He was in a walking boot, has a stress fracture mm-hmm. on his foot. He is not going to play Saturday. Obviously, then we discover uh, on Wednesday night that the starting left guard Caleb Warren, who's Really, really good. Uh, Caleb has uh, injured three ligaments in an ankle. He had surgery Thursday morning, so he's obviously a scratch for that game. Uh, and then the latest news, breaking Thursday morning, is Jerian Ely, Ole Miss's former five-star, uh, that is, uh, you know, the running back in this offense, the primary guy, uh, has been in concussion protocol all week, and he is very questionable. Uh, for Saturday's game. So that's three offensive starters. Uh, Likely, um, you know, with Ely, is still kind of up in the air, but likely will not be playing Saturday against Arkansas. We don't expect uh, starting safety. Jake Springer, who is kind of a rover-type guy on that defense, he has missed uh, every game since the season opener. We don't expect he'll be ready either on Saturday. So Ole Miss, uh, all of a sudden, kind of banged up going into this matchup
1: David Johnson joining us is it OM spirit or Ole Miss spirit it says O-M spirit. Ole Miss spirit. Ole, Ole spirit Ole Miss spirit yeah that's what I've been calling it Ole Miss spirit so David what would you it's probably a little bit too early right now to like look at how the numbers match up for this year versus last year but just in your expert opinion what you observe what are the biggest differences with Ole Miss this year versus last year
3: Yeah, you know, the biggest difference is you do not have Elijah Moore in that offense. Um, Moore, obviously, you know, a a great player last season, Matt favorite target. He had a knack for getting open. And then the other thing is you don't see the production from the tight end position this season. Kenny Yeboah, who's now with the New York Jets, uh, was the tight end last year, and they they did not replace him over the offseason. And uh, really no one has stepped up at the tight end position. It's been more of a blocking uh, decoy role through the first four games. And uh, I expect it'll be that way the rest of the season. The talent is just not there at the tight end position uh, for someone to emerge as a productive target. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the two biggest differences in this Ole Miss offense. This year versus last year does not mean they're any less dangerous. They found other ways of uh, stacking up those production numbers, uh, you know Jonathan Mingo, as we mentioned, will not play Saturday, but uh, he's been a big part of that. Ontario Drummond's their top threat on the outside, um, and in the slot position as well. He's very versatile, and uh, you know he's kind of filled the shoes of Elijah Moore at least from a production standpoint. And the big misnomer about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin is they're a passing team, and they're not. Mm-hmm.
2: they run the football 57 percent of the time uh they're one of the top rushing
3: teams in the sec and uh you know i think a lot of people get tripped up on old miss in that regards is that all you hear about is lane kiffin and matt corral uh but uh that backfield is pretty deep fortunately because we don't think Ely's gonna play uh but there's other there are other talented guys back there and uh you know so that's kind of been the difference is the fact that uh you know, they're not getting production from the tight end position, uh, and doing it in different ways.
1: You know, we talk about these two teams, as you said, doing it different ways, but with, with, with this year. But Arkansas also has had some issues with the tight end. You know, just a player not emerging there, and um, I think there's also kind of a misnomer with Kendall Browse's offense that he really wants to run the ball too. You know, and that's when when the offense is at their best too. Flipping you over to defense, real quick, David. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but Sam Williams is is averaging 1.25. He has a sack in every game so far this season. Uh, and Ole Miss, and this is something Sam Pittman brought up, but Ole Miss did really well in the transfer portal with guys like Chase Chance Campbell and Otis Reese. Um, just uh, give us a little bit of insight on that defense and some of the strengths.
3: Yeah, well, first of all, I cannot wait to see the Williams brothers, if you will, on saturday sam williams and trey williams are going to affect the outcome of this game i truly believe that um i think both of them are are are, are certainly within the top five pass rushers in the sec and i think it's going to be fun to watch those guys go up uh, against the opposing offensive lines but you know when you look at that old miss defense this year it has definitely improved from where it was you know they're basing out of a three two six over the off-season. The Ole Miss coaches spent some time with the Iowa State coaching staff, and, and really learned the intricacies of incorporating a in three-two-six. It's worked out well for them uh, in most cases. Alabama was certainly able to run on them in, in that in that alignment. But uh, yeah, the transfers. Chance Campbell, a big time transfer, uh, came in from the University of Maryland, and uh, he's immediately kind of become the ball hawk on that Ole Miss defense. He's always around the ball. He's a very physical, very tough kid, and very, very intelligent. I think he's comparable to a couple of those linebackers you guys have at Arkansas. Uh, Otis Reese, not a new guy, but a guy who didn't get to play until the last three games last season because of NCAA eligibility issues, dealing with his transfer. he, He made an immediate impact to that defense last year at the safety position he's been doing it this year as well he and Campbell are the guys that uh, that, are, that are generally making the most tackles uh, as we mentioned Sam Williams Ole Miss has an elite pass rusher they're going to move him around Saturday I think try him out on both sides of the Arkansas offensive line um, and um, you know secondary uh, They've got uh, they've got some bodies back there. They've got depth. They're able to rotate and kind of stay fresh on the back end of that defense, and it's really, truly helped them out.
1: David Johnson joining us from Ole Miss Spirit. Again, you can follow David at Rebels247 on Twitter and uh, certainly does a great job over there. I want to get you out with this. It's kind of prediction time. You don't have to give a score if you're not ready to. We'd love to have one, but if you're not ready, mm-hmm. you don't have to. How do you see this game playing out, David?
3: Yeah, I think um, – I think if you want to talk about, start off with the Vegas line of, you know, any way it opened anywhere from, what, three and a half, four and a half to six points in favor of Arkansas. I, I, I'm i not saying who's going to win this game, but I think uh, I think the gap in the, in the final score is going to be bigger than that. I mean, I look for this to be a 10-point to two-touchdown win for whichever team emerges. And I'll be honest with you, Trey, you know, I've started playing this out in my mind. I've been watching film on Arkansas. I'm very familiar with K.J. Jefferson, of course, as we covered his recruitment. He grew up 20 miles from Oxford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still don't know who's going to win this game or who I think is going to win this game because, uh, you know, there's so many intangibles and variables. You know, who's going to respond best to the butt whoopings they took last weekend? You know, I think that's, that's something we just don't know. We, we we don't know about that, um, you know. How's Matt Corral gonna gonna handle drop eight coverage this year against Arkansas, and 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 the extra stuff Sam Pittman and, and Odom are gonna throw at him because it's coming. We know Sam Pittman's not going to uh, roll into town with the exact same defensive game plan he had last year. are gonna be some kinks to that thing and have a little misadjust to it. So, mm-hmm. you know. All of it's on the line, but I don't know who's going to win this game. To be honest with you, and I'm being totally honest with you, I will roll out a pick because I have to on Friday, but uh, I will not do so with any degree of confidence. I'm
1: <laughs> kind of kind of in the same boat as you there. We we got a lot in common, it seems like, and I think it could be a benefit also for both offenses having gone against drop eight type of defenses all through camp this past year, too. So that's something maybe to look at. And I think probably one thing, one maybe intangible that you could look at, too, is Ole Miss likes to go for it on fourth down a lot. How many times are those successful and how many times aren't they? And last year was a good example, too, not just that Alabama game last week, but last year in Fayetteville, uh, you know, that opening drive was a fourth down right at the goal line, just like uh, it happened last week. And it it was a big momentum swinger
3: yeah and Ole Miss has really good numbers going forward on fourth down but I pointed out on our talk of champions podcast this morning you know the way you need to look at that fourth down conversion rate is non-conference opponents and, and SEC opponents they were not nearly as successful against an SEC defense at Alabama last weekend than they were against Louisville Austin Peay and Tulane so you know uh, is the fourth down stuff going to work is you know i we'll see we'll, we'll we'll see yeah you're right though there'll be some going for it on fourth down saturday that much mm-hmm. we know for sure but i'll tell you Trey. you know we talk about McElroy and kj jefferson i think the ground game's going to decide this mm-hmm. whoever runs the ball best wins this game
1: yeah that's a good point all right david well hopefully hopefully we'll see you uh on saturday uh you're gonna be in the press box on saturday absolutely Trey. Okay. looking forward to
2: say look the it, last time i sat uh, next to you
3: I was scared to death. I gave you COVID, <laughs> so I've been, I've been fully
2: vaccinated. I've got natural immunity. Yeah.
1: So uh, you're you're safe. Uh, you're safe on Saturday, man. All right. Appreciate you, David, and thanks for not giving me COVID. And uh, I certainly it, know you've been through it, and uh, we're glad to glad to hear you. Me, man. It, yeah. It worried it worried
3: the heck out of me. All right. But, thanks. Uh,
1: Doing it, do it good. All right, man. I'll see you on Saturday, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll eat a biscuit together. All right. Thanks, David. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, everybody, David Johnson from Rebels – or, excuse me, from Old Miss Spirit, Rebels – at Rebels247. You can follow him on Twitter. And, you know, that's an interesting story he brings up because literally, I mean, the day before they shut down the SEC tournament because of COVID, like right before they started shutting everything down, I was in Nashville, uh, and David and I sat next to each other for about six hours. And David was too sick to go to um, the dinner that night um, – his symptoms started coming on after that, and I'd been sitting by him shoulder to shoulder, like literally touching shoulders the whole time and, uh, and didn't come down with COVID. So crazy illness, and uh, David really had to battle uh, through that. And if you remember last year, we had him on a show. His voice did not sound nearly as good because he'd had the uh, – what is it called? The thing that goes down your throat. I'll leave that to the doctors. <laughs> but uh, doing a lot better now and, and certainly thankful for that for David. All right. Where are we going next? We've got to go to Curtis. If you've got questions, go ahead and get them in. We're going to go to Curtis now. He's going to he's going to talk a little bit more about what he's learned about the matchup with uh, with Arkansas. we got to get a new picture of Curtis. That Curtis picture a little old. Um, but Curtis is going to give us a little more, more insight on uh, Arkansas's uh, defense uh, and how it matches up with the offense. We like to split it up a little bit and take that way we get a little bit deeper dive into both sides of the ball, Curtis. How you doing, man?
4: I'm good. I'm doing
2: all right. I'm I'm really looking forward to this game this weekend. I think it's going to be a good
1: one. I think so too. I think it has the makings. As David was saying, who we just had on, has been you know one of the kind of classic Arkansas Ole Miss matchups. There's been so many, so many great meetings in this one, in, in a in a game, a series that goes back way beyond most of uh, most of Arkansas's opponents in the SEC, just because uh, they used to play each other so often back in the day. So. It uh, should be a classic matchup. I'm looking forward down to getting to Oxford. Not not particularly looking forward to the drive, <laughs> but because there's no good way to really get there. As we mentioned, some guy suggested, Curtis, that I um, just fly to Memphis and then, and, and then drive. And I'm just like, well, when you factor in the flight, the time to drive to the airport, getting there early, rental car stuff, you know, it's a $490 ticket, first of all, and then you got to get a rental car. And it's like four hours of doing all that stuff and the drive is like six hours so it doesn't it just doesn't make any sense there's no like great way to get there it's not like oh i'm definitely flying to oxford or to memphis but anyway this is one you need a private jet so you can just fly into cities like that you don't have one of those i don't you know i've been i've been looking at a couple of g5s um, <laughs> but just hadn't pulled the trigger on it yet
4: oh well, you know in due time
1: <laughs> hope so all right curtis you always do uh keys to victory Five burning questions, one of our favorite stories. Uh, the keys to victory, always pretty much the same. It's penalties, it's turnovers, special teams, injuries, and you always add a fifth one, and I think you nailed it this week because we've talked about it a little bit already, but fourth down because we know Ole Miss is going to go for it on some fourth down situations.
4: Yeah, it's it's so true. And, and just to, to quickly hit on those other ones, and you're right, we keep those those other four the same every week. i got to tell you, I'm – I dread redoing this story after every game. You know, we go back and we answer, you know, the five burning questions and see how the keys to victory played out. And I dread going back to penalties and special teams every week. You know, it's, it's just, been, uh, just been wild with the penalties. And, you know, you look at the struggles Ole Miss has had to that regard too. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder what the over-under is set on for flags in this one. And, and then, you know, special teams – uh i just i just hope to see arkansas simplify things a little bit you know uh hey catch the kicks and the punts and uh you know let's see see if we can avoid getting a punt block there and uh, just kind of take it from there i know i know people have been frustrated with that but yeah the fourth downs i just think it's so interesting the way kithin plays that and uh you know i i thought you you were pretty much nailed it when you were talking about it earlier and uh you know that can be huge. It's just such a big momentum swing, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do that, and uh, you know, Arkansas came up with some key stops to that regard last year in that game, and you mentioned some of those. And uh, you know, I think it also depends on where they're at. You know, in some cases, there's going to be times where. Uh, and you've talked about taking your medicine, but, you know, Ole Miss is probably going to be in a position where they've got a pretty good opportunity to put three points on the board, and, and chances are they're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if Arkansas is able to come up with stops in and, and a couple of those situations, yeah, that's, that's three points the Rebels aren't getting, uh, and an opportunity for, you know, seven that Arkansas could. So that could be a big swing, and uh, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a huge key to the game.
1: Curtis Wilkerson joining us. If you don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. He is our primary basketball uh, beat guy, does a great job, also covers hoops recruiting and uh, chips in everywhere really with football, everything, baseball, Uh, you can – you can find a lot of information from Curtis Wilkerson if you just follow him on Twitter, and then of course read his stuff on Hog Sports. But most of the basketball stuff is VIP, especially the the recruiting stuff. That is that is something you'll need a VIP subscription for. Curtis, you also asked five questions. Uh, I want to. I just really want to want to touch on one of those. But who bounces back in, on this one from a humbling loss? The other questions, real quick: Can Arkansas corral corral again? Not a very original headline there, Curtis, but we'll, we'll give you a pass on that. Razorback rushing attack ready for a rebound, question mark. Any shakeups on the offensive line for Arkansas? And Arkansas's defense ready to slow the lane train? So those are the those are the other questions. But I really want to touch on this one. Who bounces back the best from a humbling loss because so much of this game is mental. Who do you who do you think has the best chance to come back from something like that?
4: Yeah, well, you know, normally I would uh I would probably lean uh, towards the home team, mm-hmm. you know, just just kind of given the atmosphere, you got a little extra adrenaline, and uh, you know they they call those crazy crowds you know twelve man and things like that for a reason. You know, it can, it can provide a boost. So uh, I think in a, under a normal circumstance, I would I would probably lean towards Ole Miss being able to, to kind of shake it off there. But you know, there is just something about this Arkansas group and uh, kind of the mentality that that Sam Pittman is instilled there, the the blue collar uh, hard work. They've, they've really responded. I, I think in the face of adversity, pretty much every time they face it since Pittman took over. So, uh, I think they're probably approaching it the right way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're going to play a lot better, obviously. And, and you know, uh, it's a long football game, but I, I do think that, you know, a, a quick start is going to be important. You know, mm-hmm. if you come out, if you're Arkansas and, and you get a quick three and out or force a turnover or, you know, sustain a long drive and, and put some points on the board, uh, I think it's pretty much out of the back of your mind at that point. You're moving on, you're rolling, everything is good. Uh, but, you know, on, on the flip side, it's, If there's a mistake or, you know, all of a sudden a a false start before you can snap the football for the first time in the
1: game, uh, you know, some of those bad memories, it's natural for those to start creeping back Mm -hmm. in your mind. Here we go again. yeah,
4: exactly, and, and when you're on the road like that in that environment,
1: they those, those fans smell blood in the water, so yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, for Arkansas' sake, they can get off to a good start. Yeah, you'd certainly rather be the home team after a little bit of a butt whipping, a little bit, uh, a serious butt whipping, <laughs> but both yeah, teams definitely. got it. So, you know, uh, I guess the, the last thing I want to get you out of here with, just generally when you look at Arkansas' defense versus the Ole Miss offense, who do you like better in that matchup, and do you have a prediction, score prediction you'd like to get for the game?
4: sure well I'll I'll answer the first question first you know I I I have to like the situation that Arkansas has going on defensively with Barry Odom especially the way they they kind of took over that game last year Uh, I don't think anyone's expecting you know six interceptions from Matt Corral again but Mm. uh, you know Arkansas was just so well prepared for that one and and you've heard Pittman mention you know they're going to probably have a number of different wrinkles to show you know in this one and so i'm anxious to see what those are going to be but uh you know most of this defense is back for arkansas and it's a, it's a veteran group i think they're going to be well prepared and, and i think they're going to have a good showing in this one uh, you know and then you got to think about some of those injuries that Ole miss has going on offensively and and within really i, I think it's more about the system mm-hmm. uh, and they've got a ton of playmakers at depth you, know, you talked about ely who might be out for this one. But, hey, Parrish and and Snoop Connor, those are some good backs those guys have. But I think the key is that left guard uh, situation they have going on. You know, Arkansas has been tough, uh, you know, aside from that Georgia game on the defensive front. Uh, You know, Ole Miss has a center they brought in as a transfer. He's still trying to kind of feel his way out and and get settled in. And then he looks over to his left now, and and he's going to have a backup beside him. So, you know, if I'm a guy like – you know, at John Ridgway, I, I might be licking my chops at that mm-hmm. matchup there. So I think that could be a key to watch. And, you know, as far as the score prediction, for most of the week, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I, I've kind of been leaning uh, probably Ole Miss in, in a close one just for a lot of the reasons that, that you've talked about with them being at home and uh, everything like that. But, you know, I keep looking at these these injuries that are piling up a little bit, and i felt a little bit better about Arkansas's chances going you know, throughout the week here. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm kind of zeroed in on that offensive line for old mass. I've, I've been debating back and forth, but I, I think it, at the moment I've kind of swung back towards Arkansas here uh, in a little bit of a shootout, maybe a, maybe a 34, 31, 31, 28, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I yeah, I, I, might go, I
1: might go with the Hawks here to get the win on the road. All right, Curtis, Good prediction. We're gonna hold it I to think you. People like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. We well, appreciate you joining us, and uh, I'll see you maybe when I get back from Oxford. Hey, it sounds good. Safe travels. All right, thanks, brother. All right, everybody. Curtis Wilkerson again. Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter, and uh, you need a VIP subscription if you want to read his uh, his basketball recruiting. We didn't even really get into the Nick Smith stuff. It's kind of happened a while back, but uh, you can read his breakdowns on the Nick Smith commitment, who was the second highest rated commitment uh, all time for Arkansas in the rankings era since. 2002, I guess, and the highest rated to expected to make it to campus because Al Jefferson didn't make it. So, All right, one last time before we jump into your questions, got to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live and YouTube. Throw us a like or a thumbs up on both of those channels if you haven't done so. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening somewhere else, pop over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, throw us a five-star rating uh, and leave a review for others to know what to expect certainly appreciate that. Uh, it, we notice a boost every time. Share the content with somebody else if you think they might like it. Also, you got a dad, granddad, grandma, mom, or something doesn't know about the show, uh, or a buddy, just let them know about the show. Just send them a link, and uh, maybe they'll like it too. All right. We good? I feel like we're good. Let's see those questions. Only good, well-thought-out, intriguing questions today. All right, Blake Rutan says oh, – I hate you, Facebook. Just rolled off. Sorry, Blake. Marty Martin says, so we know that Ole Miss has taken a bit of o- o- Odom's defensive scheme. Logic says that it would be to our advantage. What's your thoughts? I mean, I think it's an advantage for both teams to go up against a drop-eight defense all fall camp, you know. I, re- I can remember in 2017 against Auburn – Arkansas had a bye week before, and they spent the whole two weeks installing an up-tempo, hurry-up, no spread – a hurry-up spread offense to go against Gus Malzahn in Auburn. I was just thinking, so you're going to run the offense that their defense looked at all fall camp. That's, that's going to work. So, I think maybe it's a benefit to both teams. I think the fact that Arkansas has been doing it a little bit longer maybe is an advantage. I definitely think it's an advantage. Tyler Eagle says, will we have a rusher for over 100 yards? Yes, Arkansas will have a rusher go over 100 yards. How do you like that answer? Elder Regional Allen says, Wow, Trey, do you have any confidence in the Hawks? You continue to pick them to lose. Sheesh, man, at least give them the benefit of the doubt. Are you a hog fan or not? Um, technically, I'm a media person. So uh, I will continue to predict the way I want to predict. I'm four and one right now. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to get it accurate. And I've... I, I think there's also a little bit of jinx mojo in there too. Like sometimes if I'm too high on the hog, then uh, the universe comes back and shows me that how wrong I am. So you have to understand how my mind works, Elder. But I'm going to predict the way I think I should predict and try to be as uh, objective as possible. Jonathan Bowler says, good, his, good to hear, listening at work. Appreciate you. Mark Douglas says, hopefully the hostile environment experience last week will be a catalyst on what they need to work on this week. To know what to expect and encounter. I mean, I would have to ask also, Elder. Did like, did you want me to pick them against Georgia? Did you want me to pick them to beat Georgia? Would that have made everything better? Mark Douglas. Oh, we we got that. Sorry. Eric Fox says, "What was the line last year? I bet on Ole Miss. America was favored last year as well. Probably, I think they. I think they were. They were favored because." Arkansas was an underdog, has been an underdog in every single SEC game they played. Josh Wilbanks says 24-17, Hogs win, defensive battle. Norman Hunt says Arkansas can and should limit Ole Miss's offense possessions. That would keep the crowd noise from disrupting what we do on offense. The only reason that I'm leaning Ole Miss right now, and I get it, there's some things like to swing a little bit. Feels like swing maybe in Arkansas's favor, but I still think if you're coming off of a butt whipping like we talked about. You'd rather be the home team, and both teams are coming off of that. And I don't like the penalties. I don't like the turnovers. Not turnovers. I don't like the penalties. I don't like the special teams. Turnovers are fine because they're not turning the ball over <laughs> a lot. So I don't mean that. But the turnover, or excuse me, the penalties and the special teams, to me, are issues for Arkansas. Anybody else disagree with that? Like, do you do you have to be a non-Arkansas fan to see that? You guys can see that. Penalties have been an issue. Special teams have been an issue for a while. You get another pump block, to me, that's a disaster season on special teams. It's already pretty close to that. Pretty close. Two pump blocks in a season. I mean, that's a, in different games. I mean, John L. Smith used to say, by the numbers in the NFL, that's a, almost a guaranteed loss. So you get a pump block, you're losing the game almost, certainly. Now, they didn't against Rice, but – I mean, they were in a hole. They would come out of a hole against Rice. There's another one. Corral, corral. <laughs> Will Arkansas's defense be able to corral, corral? Tim Parchment says, my God, please don't let penalties kill us again. Razorbacks, 31-14. Man, I think if you think it's going to be 31-14 in Oxford, you're going to be disappointed, Tim. I'm not saying Arkansas is not going to win, but you're going on the road in an SEC game at their place. It's not like they're coached by Chad Morris. Jason Long says, and it's not Vanderbilt either, Jason Long says they're going to be picking on our one-week DB. Intubation tube. Thanks, Jason. Eric E. Pachosa, is Pittman going to change starters on the offensive line? I don't think he is. Now, Dalton Wagner may have a little bit of a hand issue. He had a club on his hand, so maybe maybe they go a different route there, but I think if they did that, it would be Ty Clary. Jerome McCollum says I – th- I think we could see uh, Jalen St. John play and put, possibly Tequia Crawford uh, Jerome McCollum says, Do you think 9-3 and three can be a realistic season this year? Assuming we lose Bama and one other team, something, something through the season. So 9-3, and three, I don't know that they get to nine wins. I mean, they, first they got to take care of this one, but – I mean, they get Auburn at home, they get Mississippi State at home, they get Missouri at home. So that's, that's three right there, right? So, I mean, that gets you to seven. You win this one, that's eight. And where's the next one? At LSU? That's possible. Maybe it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, LSU looks like they're starting to kind of implode a bit. But, you know, you take you get those three home games, you win this one, you win at LSU, sure. That's a lot of winning. That's a lot of winning this season. You should be real proud if you're an Arkansas fan if that's what happens. The chance to win ten in a bowl game coming after what Arkansas has been the last decade. Will Causey says will it be a good matchup of our wideouts against their corners? That's a good question. And I think Arkansas's got the advantage there. I mean, they didn't show Arkansas didn't show very well there, but I would say they've got the advantage there because of Traylon Burks. And they've got some other guys that will pop up. Warren Thompson can pop up. They really need to get Warren Thompson going. Need to get Keetron Jackson going. It's time for Keytron to, like, start getting some looks because there's a good chance that Traylon Burks isn't going to be here after this year. And Keetron's really highly regarded. Coaches are super high on him. But he really hasn't, you know, contributed a whole lot. And that's very typical of freshman wide receivers. I mean, as good as those guys were back in 2010, Jarius Wright and Joe Adams and Greg Childs, they all, you know, started pretty slow, especially Jarius. Dallas Sprinkle says, do you think Ole Miss has the players to stop our backfield in a 3-2-6? you see them needling, needing to adjust to open up the pass game? If Arkansas has success running the ball, and I think that they will, then they've got a great chance to win this game, or it's going to be a shootout. But, no, I don't think that – I think Arkansas is going to have success running the game, both with KJ and the running backs. Justin Starn says, running game will make a comeback this week. I'm hoping, really hope we can get Warren more involved in the offense. Yeah, it'd be nice to get him involved. I mean, he's been there time and time, but nobody's been consistent after Bergs. And Bergs hasn't been consistent, really. I mean, he's, he's had a couple of games where he's just, you know, hasn't really been there. Landon Montgomery says, do you think Sam looked a bit rattled in the press conference right after the loss, seemed frustrated? Well, first of all, that's the first time we've seen him this season after a loss. It's on the road, and they got hammered. And – I don't think they thought they were going to get hammered. I think they thought they had an uphill battle, but I don't think they thought it was going to be 37 nothing. So probably a little disappointed, but you look at the way they lost again. I mean, like, everybody looked at it and it's like, okay, Arkansas is outclassed, but where were the problems? The problems are penalties, shooting yourself in the foot. And he got asked that question in a different way over and over again and was kind of eventually just like, hey, I mean, like, what do you – You want me to say it differently? Like, what would you want me to tell me what you want me to say, and I'll say it kind of thing. I don't know that he was frustrated uh, as much as, like, didn't know how to answer the question a different way over and over again, if that makes sense. Jerome McCollum says, nine and three realistic. Uh, I answered that one. How did I go backwards? Blake Ruton says, I'm not sure their butt whipping is that comparable to ours. Man, that was a rough shutout. I mean, it was. Like Alabama just kind of eased up on it. Ole Miss was scoring late. You know, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't happening early. Like Alabama asserted themselves pretty quickly. And this was a game like a lot of people, like you go look at Ole Miss's board, and you know, like look at their expert picks. I think there's four experts over there. They all picked Ole Miss to win. And a lot of their fans did. That wasn't the same. If you look at our our board and our expert picks, our four guys, we all picked Arkansas to lose that game against Georgia. And I think a lot of fans probably thought that was going to happen too. There were some people that were like Georgia hadn't played anybody. You remember that narrative, right? But um, I think they were they were probably equally humbling, equally humbling, and both on the road. Last year was bad. This year is a little better, but not a lot of improvement. Are you? Crazy, Philip! What are you talking about for Arkansas? They've definitely improved. Joe McAdam. I mean, look at the numbers. They've definitely improved. They ran into a bus all against Georgia. Joe McAdam says, "So if Arkansas, if offensive line is behind Georgia and Alabama, is it feasible to be able to recruit that caliber O line?" I mean, Arkansas has recruited a great offensive line before, and Pittman did it. Sebastian Trotola Frank Ragnow. Denver Kirkland, Dan Skipper. All of those guys were on the same offensive line and all recruited by by Sam Pittman. All four of those guys. And they had Mitch Smothers at center, who was a good player for him too. So, yeah, I mean, do they have that line now? They have some guys that are very experienced, big guys that, that really want it, that are seniors and upperclassmen, returning starters. They have that right now, okay? Do they have the pure mass and just – Size of some of those guys. No, now Tikius Crawford does. Is he ready yet? Probably not quite. Probably not quite done cooking. Jalen St. John has that size. Probably not quite done cooking. Uh, the freshman offensive lineman, Devon Manuel, six nine, three seventy or so is what he checked in at. <laughs> he's got that mass. Now he's more of a project guy, but that's a good place to start. So we'll see what happens down the road. There's some other good-looking young players. you know. Terry Wells is another example of a freshman, that maybe a guy that has a bright future. Timothy Baca says Arkansas wins 42-31. Don Eldred says let's never mention Western Kentucky game or quit John L again, please. You got that. Uh, I, I, I did have a policy that his name wouldn't go mentioned, but, uh, you know, John L's not the worst coach to come through Arkansas ever anymore, is he? Tim Wolfe says twenty four twenty one OT in Ark for Arkansas. I forgot at UAB UAPB. Yeah, I did. I forgot UAPB. Arkansas plays UAPB. So there's another one. So what they're at four right now. They win at Oxford. They get the three home games. They win at LSU and they beat UAPB. There's ten regular season games right there. One. Zach Van says it's a 50-50 game. I think so, too. That's why – it's a 50-50 game, I go with the home team. That's that's the main reason. And, and you know, I, I include 50-50 like I'm looking, okay, Ole Miss has some injury issues. You know, Arkansas has a lot of penalties. Ole Miss's offense better equipped to overcome those penalties. Arkansas has specialty mistakes. You know, so you kind of balance back and forth like that. That's – at least in my mind, that's how I do, so – Razor-thin, margin of error for the Razorbacks, absolutely. Philip Hearn says, I will say the school that will have to ante, the school will have to ante up to keep Odom here. So not 100% on browse, but he shows some success. I don't think Odom is leaving Arkansas except for a head coaching job. And there's no amount of money for the right head coaching job that's going to keep him at Arkansas. Marquise Martin says, it's time for Trey Knox to be the receiver Arkansas thought he would be, but at the tight end spot. Dustin Hoofman says, fast start opens up the playbook. Be nice to see what Browse and Jefferson can get going moving the ball down the field. Limit penalties, run the ball. Get some turnovers. Keep Ole Miss off the field, says Isaac Riley. All right, let's see if we got anything kind of different now. I think we kind of covered this stuff. Ole Miss is giving free popcorn to the first 5,000 fans in the stands. Hopefully we will make them choke on that popcorn. (laughs) Just choke, though. Landon Montgomery says, I don't think a, a Kevin team is mature enough, is as mature as Pittman team. Arkansas is a team to bounce back. I think Arkansas has got a little more maturity. they got the quarterback edge. Corral can really sling it. I mean, we saw him at his worst. But, Trey, it's okay to pick Arkansas to win, says James Hill. I don't know if it is. I don't know if the universe will allow that for me. So, it's a 50-50 game, so I'm going the opposite direction. No matter what the gut says or anything, I'm going – Ole Miss, firmly. How about that? <laughs> All right, everybody. It's a 50-50 game. I really believe it is. I mean, there's, it's a tough one to call, so I'll go with the home team. That doesn't mean I think Arkansas won't win or can't win, because I absolutely do. I'm like 51% Ole Miss, 49 Arkansas. It's going to be a great game. I think. I really think it has the makings to be a really fun game. Maybe a game where Arkansas jumps out, Ole Miss comes back, and Arkansas hold them off? How do these fourth downs play into it? Can Arkansas clean up penalties? Can they clean up special teams? I think both teams are going to have some success. I think Arkansas might have a little bit more success on defense, but then there's the factor of the fourth down. And as as bad as it's hurt Ole Miss, David's right. They are not a bad fourth down offense. Now they struggled against, against Alabama. They struggled against Arkansas last year. But that swings some things in your favor. I mean – Ask, ask Kevin Kelly. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I want to thanks, uh, say thanks to uh, Curtis Wilkerson. Also say thanks to David Johnson. Appreciate all you people. Um, consuming our free content, and really special thanks to our subscribers um, for being the engine that churns us. Uh, we would not be able to do what we do with this podcast with, of course, HOG Sports and, and everything else we do without your support. So really appreciate that. And to those of you who are thinking about subscribing, it's just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. All right, everybody, next time I see you, come on, man, says Joseph Marquez. Marquez. People give me a hard time. People gave me a hard time for picking Georgia to win. But um, that's just how I do it. So it's not saying Arkansas can't win. All right, everybody. Next time we talk to you, I'll be walking around Oxford, hopefully without uh, a lawnmower in the background. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try to be if, – if there's a lawnmower going in the background this time, we'll just stop and start over. So it'll be a, a start and restop walk and talk. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Beatty with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.